Welcome to the Spurs Brothers Podcast, where we take a not-so-in-depth look at all things Tottenham. Season 3, episode numero uno. We've made it. Yeah. We find ourselves at episode one of season three. Could not be more excited to chat Tottenham Hotspur football with you, Ben. I just, I look forward to this. It's an exciting On time. On a semi-weekly, if not bi-weekly basis, we have jumped right into it and will entitle this lovely intro episode as He Will Dejan Near Kulisevsky. He certainly will, and he certainly did. A little bit of luck at it's what, not, we, what we had not to talk true. about. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We'll cover some team news. There's plenty of it. A number of preseason games, which we enjoyed, least of which was the Jose Mourinho debacle. We'll look at the Tottenham women and step into our first season opener at home against Southampton. Before we step into the room for improvement, take a look ahead. Taking a look at team news, there is a lot of it to cover, an entire summer to cover. But before we get started on incomings and outgoings at Tottenham Hotspur Way, we'll talk about how this year in the Premier League is going to be a little bit different. So the Premier League season starts a little bit early, beginning right at the start of August, catching us a little bit off guard. And there's going to be a big break in the middle of the season from November 12th to December 26th as that World Cup happens. It's also a little bit weird to not know much about the Champions League, which, by the way, Tottenham Hotspur are in the Champions League. That draw is not going to happen until August 25th. We'll find out who we have to play in the group stage that runs September to October of this year, and the knockouts, of course, will happen next year. Now, focusing on Tottenham, we've got a lot of different transfers, tons of transfer activity that's happened. Of course, the first was even Perisic coming from Inter Milan on a free transfer. We also have Fraser Forster, who's going to be an excellent backup goalkeeper, you think, for Hugo Lloris from Southampton, also on a free. And then Yves Basuma from Brighton for £26 million. He's one of the standout midfielders in the Premier League. The big yeah, transfer, big though, fan. is... Big fan, especially as we're looking to perhaps offload Tangi and Dembele. Not that they're the same player at all, but yeah, Yves Basuma, welcome to Tottenham Hotspur. The big transfer, or the biggest transfer for us so far, was, of course, Richarlison from Everton for £52 million. He becomes our second most expensive transfer just behind by some change, Tangi and Dembele, a few years ago. And then Clement Longley came on loan from Barcelona, and the sixth signing was Jed Spence from Middlesbrough. So the sixth Spence, I see Jed people, was the good movie poster, oh, and lots of puns packed together. you did there. And I don't take credit, but it was hilarious to see the puns online. And there is likely to be a seventh transfer coming in with Destiny Udogi, who's a teenager at Udinese, about to turn 20 years old in Serie A. He'll probably come for $20 but get loaned right back to Udinese so he can play a little bit more there. Yeah, similar to the Pape Metsar, I believe, right? Yep, yeah. We've had some outgoings too. Cameron Carter Vickers, the American, has gone to Celtic where he was on loan last year for $6 million. Good to see him there. He scored a couple of big goals for them as a central defender. 
We also, of course, lost Steven Bergwine, who went to Ajax for their record-breaking transfer. I already miss him. Yeah, miss him already. Yeah, miss him already. And then the youngsters Jack Clark went to Sunderland, and Kian Etete went to Cardiff City. So wish both of those guys luck, but they are no longer Tottenham Hotspur players. There are a couple yeah, loans crazy. as well. Troy Parrott's at Preston North End in the championship. Dane Scarlett, our other young striker, went to Portsmouth in League One for his first loan away from Tottenham Hotspur. And Joe Roden, who's struggled to get playing time but is a seriously good player, went to our competition last year, the French team Rennes in League One. And he's already played his first game, so good luck to him. Yeah, they, they can ball, honestly. Yeah, they're, they're a solid team. They will be punching right at the Champions League spots in, in France there, so hopefully you can help them make that happen. Some other rumors outside of Destiny Udoji coming in. Nicolo Zaniolo, we are constantly linked with at Roma. We played against him, of course, in Israel in one of our preseason games. He's sort of an attacking midfielder, maybe could play as a winger or a wing back. We'll yeah, see if that one comes to fruition. To like a, perhaps led to like a low ball offer that we threw at Jose. I'm not entirely sure, but confidence isn't high that this one's going to go through. However, I would be pleased if it did. He's a talented young guy. Outgoing rumors, there are lots of them, as we are trying to offload a lot of the players that were on loan last year, either permanently or on another loan. That includes Gio Lo Celso, who's been linked with Villarreal, where he was last year. Tangi Ndombele has also been linked with Villarreal, as well as Napoli, and latest is he's been linked with a loan to Newcastle, which would be interesting. Harry Winks, we are putting on the sale list. He's been linked with Everton. He could end up with a Premier League club. Brian Hill was on loan last year at Valencia. He is again linked with going back, but that hasn't happened yet. One of the surprises is Sergio Reculon. I guess it's less of a surprise bringing in Ivan Perisic, but he could be for sale or to go out on loan as well. I think Brighton put in a lowball offer for him that Spurs rejected. And then Jaffa Tanganga could stay at home or could go out on loan. We'll have to wait and see. He was linked with AC Milan. Although we haven't heard anything on that front in quite a while. Yeah, Jaffet Tanganga resurgence, I'm like, I'm so ready for it. I think he's phenomenal. I think he has a place in this team. He's still so young. I think he's got a lot to learn. I think he probably takes most after Kuti Romero, which is a good sign. He's one of our strongest, you know, center defenders. So Brian Heal, you know, crafty, you know, foot fairy, phenomenal player. I, I wish him the very best. I would, I, I think there's still some potential there. Obviously impressed in the preseason, and then, yeah, big ups to Harry Wings. If he can stay in the Premier League, I would love it. If he could play with Deli Alley, I would love it even more. You're right. Deli Alley, of course, already at Everton. Harry Wings could join him. I think Jaffa Tanganga was promising in preseason. I would not mind if he stayed here at home. Covering some players that are not going anywhere but weren't able to play in our first match of the season, Oliver Skip sustained a pretty gnarly foot injury. From the sounds of it, it was both a pretty awful gash that had to be repaired with stitches and later x-rays showed a small fracture as well. So he's out for weeks with that as that's trying to heal. Kind of a gruesome training injury, just a bit of bad luck there. Richarlison, in the meanwhile, has a one-match suspension he is serving from last season. Getting into other news, just around the team, we've had a few veteran players get appointed as coaching positions for the academy. That involves Jermaine Defoe, who is a Tottenham striker. Scored lots of goals for Spurs just when I started watching that. Legend. Legend. 
absolutely love the guy. And Yaya Toure, Manchester City and Barcelona elite midfielder, has been hanging around Spurs and is going to do some coaching as well, which is great to see. Also stoked for Yaya. Yeah, that's so cool. I think we have a pretty awesome academy slash youth setup when you think about former players helping out here and there and some of the coaches we've had come through, including Scott yeah, Parker, who was Rose academy back. coach for a bit. Yeah, you, you might see Danny Rose come back one day. It'd be awesome. There's a couple other bits of news. Ben Davis and Troy Parrott both signed new contracts. There might be a few new contracts coming in, as I think the entire team is pretty jazzed to be playing under Antonio Conte and to get a full season with him and maybe to stay at Spurs. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Spurs had a pretty busy preseason and a lot to travel. There was, of course, the trip to Korea, which I knew Sun Hung Min was really happy about, his home country getting to host his team. Lots of Korean fans as well. The first game in Korea was against the K-League 11 in Seoul. And kind of a crazy game. 6-3 was the score. Dyer scored the first goal, which was awesome. Kane and Sun also both scored in that one as well. There was an own goal thrown in the mix. The next game in yeah, Korea was against... from Eric Dyer on that one. It was an awesome goal. His first first goal of the preseason was good to see. And he got the first goal. Maybe a game. sign of what's to come? Yeah. Not the first goal, but yeah. The second game in Korea was against Sevilla, of course, home of our favorite former Tottenham Hotspur, Eric Lamella, who got on the pitch for a bit. It was a 1-1 draw yeah, and not really a friendly too. game. Yeah, even Rakitic leveled after a goal from Harry Kane that took the lead. There was, again, not a friendly game. Sevilla came out flying and sort of a scuffle at halftime involving Hyungman's son and one of the Sevilla players which is kind of BS because the guy went to foul Sun and just got caught unlucky by Sun's elbow. If you can run into a guy's well, elbow, I think that's what happened, but yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed. And the, the player in question for Sevilla, I, he completely borderline red card earlier in the game, cheap shot late, very late. I think it was on Jaffet, actually. Yeah, and then he, of all players, is the one that started a scuffle. It was... Yeah, it didn't compute in my head, so I thought that was odd from Sevilla, who were obviously ready to go game fit, and I think we were up for the match as well. I think that's the intensity that Conte wanted to see. And it was another intense game, but no longer in Korea. Spurs made the trip up to Scotland to play Rangers in Glasgow and got the win there. Two Harry Kane goals, one of them a banger. He put upper 90, and one fun, maybe interesting fact about this game was it was the Walter Tull memorial trophy that was passed between the two teams walter toll a former midfielder who played for both rangers and spurs way back in the 1910s over 100 years ago and he was one of the first black professional football players which is just an interesting and awesome fact unfortunately he died in service during world war one but cool to see those two teams come together and still remember the former player of over 100 years ago yeah wicked cool and harry kane i mean he put us on our back for this one it's incredibly impressive the final game of preseason was a trip to Haifa, Israel, where we got to play against Roma and, of course, former manager Jose Mourinho, who got the better of us with probably the most Jose Mourinho game, scoring on a corner kick, creating almost nothing else throughout the rest of the game, and parking the bus. That was good enough for Roma to get the 1-0 victory, but, good you know, for you, it's Jose. preseason. <laughs> the results don't really matter, so, yep. Switching gears a bit... Tottenham women have also had a busy transfer market and lots of team news to cover. They've brought in a huge number of players, Amy Turner and Angorar James, from both from Orlando Pride. 
as well as a few other women's Super League players, Roman Petzelberger and Ellie Brazil from Aston Villa and Brighton, and then a Polish player from the French League, Nikola Karzewska, who's a striker, and Drew Spence from Chelsea. So lots of new faces around Tottenham Hotspur women's team, along with sort of our crew that have been staying and doing so well in the Women's Super League. And that's really necessary, especially a few of those uh, strikers, considering we lost our top goal scorer of last year and veteran striker Rachel Williams, as well as midfielder Josie Green with their contracts expiring this summer. And Spurs women aren't started yet, but they'll get into action soon. They're coming to the United States, which is really exciting. If only Louisville weren't really far away. The Women's Cup is taking place there in August 14th to August 17th. And then they'll come back to England. The WSL starts on September 10th. What a cool trip to Louisville. That would be awesome. I, you know, I've heard great things about the city and excited to host the Spurs women in, in the States. Yeah, stateside. I would love to go see them live. I kind of wish it wasn't just, yeah, ridiculously far away for both of us. Covering all of that incredible amount of team news, an entire summer's worth, we have the early Premier League opener that took place on Saturday, August 6th, just a few days ago now, between Tottenham Hotspur hosting Southampton. One fun fact, it was the record, our second record crowd since the very first game in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The only other bigger attendance that we've had in that stadium was the North London Derby hosting Arsenal when we beat them 3-0 near the end of last season. So a huge crowd that came out for Southampton and the opener of the Premier League and Antonio Conte's first full season in charge. And Spurs looked the better of the two teams early on, but that really didn't last. When Saints got their first chance, they scored. Gineppo sort of picked up a loose cross on the edge of the box. He got by Emerson Royale just to the touchline. His hopeful cross went back to James Ward-Prowse, who somehow miraculously put it in excellent volley that bounced once and beat Hugo Lloris at the far post. Twelfth minute, Saints had the lead. Uh, yeah, a moment of quality coming from James Ward-Prowse. Like, who would have thought? Like, who would have thought? Who saw that coming? I want to know. He manages He's incredible. Keep... He's a great player. And for him yeah. to score that, like, yeah, in the play of the game is, yeah, kudos to James Ward-Prowse. And hindsight tells me that. Didn't have to worry too much. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the important part. Spurs never dropped their heads. They didn't look phased. I think in seasons past, we would have seen everyone get a little bit worried, a little bit frustrated. That never looked like the case. Play not to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't change the way that we played, I think was enlightening. And it made the difference. Just less than 10 minutes later, we had the equalizer. It was Kulisevsky who put in a brilliant cross. And there at the back post to meet it was Ryan Sessignon, who... Uh, was a little stronger than Kyle Walker-Peters, again, another former Spurs defender. But Sessegnon got there, put the header in at point-blank range, passed the goalkeeper. It's his first ever Tottenham Premier League goal. He had scored in the league before years ago for Fulham yeah. when they were up. But yeah. awesome for for him to get the first goal of the season. And he scored, you know, he scored a big goal for us in the Champions League as well, I, I, I know, but he... He put this one through, and I, I get the feeling that Conte is placing a large amount of emphasis on this diagonal ball and these crosses into the box and encouraging our wingbacks to get up into the pitch and play and get their hands dirty into that into that final third. And, that, and, and it paid off. I think that I was watching Conte cam from the Spurs release, and 
watching Conte's reactions as as we were kind of pu- pushing up the field and these half chances I think that he's putting a lot of uh, a lot of emphasis on and we'll see what that looks like because I, we saw a number of goals on the day go in from these crosses into the box and if we're placing a lot of importance on that and getting numbers in there I mean shoot let's let's get after it let's put that in and for Ryan Sessignon to yeah to have the confidence and wherewithal to get up there and and the confidence to put that away neatly is is a good sign because he needs it. In the aftermath of the game, I didn't notice it live, but Sessignon had another cross that he just didn't really time it right. He didn't arrive there. He wasn't there to bury it. And he was frustrated about it. He said that even Perisic had told him, as advice, you need to be able to finish. You need to be timing your runs to get on the ends of these crosses that will come in. And Conte said as well, the, the entire coaching staff were frustrated when they saw the first cross from Kulisevsky go, or it was Bentoncourt, the first cross go, and Sessignon yes. wasn't in the right yes. spot. And just minutes later, Sessignon knew he had to make it the next time. And that's how we got his goal, which is really cool to see that, it's that they're brilliant. coaching each other, helping each brilliant. other, and that it, it results. Just a little while later, Eric Dyer got another uh, defenders scoring early for Tottenham. He made it two with a really nice-headed goal. It was Sun's low cross after Spurs' corner that he managed to just flick on towards the far post. Yeah, he had so much more to do than than Ryan Sessegnon did on his, and it, what a great finish. I, I think I, I was watching this live, and I watched... Dyer kind of hesitate thinking about whether or not to like start running back into his like defensive position and he you know hesitated for a second and then made his mind up pretty quickly thereafter to to stay in the mixer and to put himself in position so he knew what he was doing and he had a lot to do on that cross that came through and a deft header into the back post it was really incredible I, I, I was a huge fan of that finish from Dyer, and confidence is sky high after the preseason, but yeah, get after it, Eric. It was a cross from Sun who had the assist, but you're right, it was really all about Dyer being able to turn that in towards the far post. Going into the second half, Spurs nearly made it three before halftime, had a couple chances, Ben Davis nearly scored from distance, Sonny got in behind once, but he couldn't finish or find Kane, who he probably could have passed to, and Kane yeah. later had a chance that got saved from a tight angle by the goalkeeper, so we were knocking on the door. That was a great look. Yeah, and it took us until the hour mark to finally uh, make it three, finally, although it wasn't a Spurs player who did it. Emerson found himself, of all places, on the left wing, running behind Sun, and he got played in by Sun, and he put in a cross to absolutely no one, and Spurs were a little bit lucky that Salisu, the Southampton defender, under no pressure, sort of panicked and tried to clear it and kicked it right into his own net. Yeah, couldn't get his feet right. We'll take it. I mean, so I guess, you know, a goal's a goal. A goal is a goal. And as Spurs were knocking on the door, it was a little bit of luck, but we really didn't need it. We put one in ourselves with an excellent finish from finish from man of the match, Dejan Kulisevsky, who got a ball from Emerson in the box. You shouldn't let a guy that dangerous receive it to feet in the box, and he absolutely punished the Saints for it with a nice little curled finish to the far post. Yeah, how was he was left open on that one? I no luck involved. That was a cl- just a clinical finish from Dejan. He made it look so easy. I think his first touch does him so many favors, really on a on a huge scale. His his first touch is deft and buttery. One of my favorite words in the game of soccer, and he uses it to his advantage. His body is in the right position, and he can get out of trouble. He's got get out of jail free cards going out of style, and it. 
it was fun to watch him demand the ball from Emerson, who has struggled to get quality service into the box. Demanded the ball and, and picked it up and knew exactly what he was doing. The first touch and the body shift to open himself up to that far post. It was a beautiful finish. Arguable, yeah. you know, second to Eric Dyers, but beautiful nonetheless. Excellent quality finish from Kulusevsky, who, of course, put in that incredible cross in the first half to get the scoring started for Spurs. That was pretty much it. We got to see a lot of new faces afterwards. Basuma had a chance late on, but nothing too serious, as the game was pretty much wrapped up after the hour mark when we took the 4-1 lead. Going through the lineups, it was, of course, Hugo Lloris in goal. Our back three that we saw at the end of last season, Ben Davis, Eric Dyer, and Kuti Romero. Out wide, it was Ryan Sessegnon and Emerson Royale, while Bentecourt and Hoiberg made up the midfield, while Sun, Kane, and Kulusevsky were up top. Of course, subs that came on, even Perisic got about 30 minutes when he came on for Sessegnon. And then it was all the new faces. Clement Longley came on for Ben Davis. Eve Basuma came on for Bentoncourt. Doherty came on for Royale. And Lucas got a little bit of an appearance as well, coming on for Kulusevsky. Awesome to see the new faces. Awesome to see a starting lineup that was entirely what we had last year, but we're still dominant. And it was a great way to yeah, start we were... a Premier League season thought we were going to see some new faces in there but yeah pretty intentional starting lineup from Antonio Conte players that have had the time and know his system what he expects out of them and I think that's telling it's a it's a it's a stamp for the rest of the team to understand what is needed to adopt his style of play and get into they get themselves into the starting lineup and we've got some healthy competition kicking on and a great way to start the season Covering that, let's step into the room for improvement. Sam, take us to it. Room for improvement. Keeping inside the room for improvement this time around, not Emerson Royale. I would argue that he played well. He scored kind of. Kind of? <laughs> he assisted kind of. He didn't play bad. His final ball is feels lucky more than consistent at this point but we've only got one game under our belts and kudos to good, emerson thought. royale he looked good yeah. also not davidson sanchez he didn't he did, play he... but that's a good thing because there's no room for improvement on this particular week of football <laughs> in the english premier league and i thought our back three played really well ben davies in particular so uh yeah kind of a goofy one but Last room for improvement, get well soon, Skippy. I hope you come back because you are arguably our best center midfielder, and it he showed in the so preseason. Good. He didn't miss a beat. I, he is so good on both sides of the ball, and he's all over the place. He's like a like a low-key N'Golo Conte. So, yeah, get well soon, Skippy. I think honorable mentions for yeah even Perisic and, and Yves Basuma, who also played incredibly well. I, it's goofy room for improvement to keep inside but lots of positivity coming from this first match a 4-1 win to start a season off right outside the room for improvement yeah no room for improvement decky man of the match hands down for us to score four goals Go and, and assist. to see kane and son in no way shape or form involved granted kane played incredibly and son arguably could have done better but not terribly Still got outside of his wheelhouse, yeah. Still with an assist. Decky played really well. I don't. Did he step up in the absence of Harry Kane and and Hyun Ming Sun? No, 
he played his game of football, which I think fits really well with this Conte style and the rest of the Spurs player. And yeah, kudos to Decky, man. He played incredibly well, keeping outside the room for improvement. Also, Antonio Conte, I mean, honorable mention for Fabio Paratici and yeah, even Daniel Levy. Enoch, I mean, we've got some cool, exciting things going on here, and I, I think that we're all excited for Champions League football with the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, and the Premier League. Yeah, on a silver platter for us for this it. season. Let's get after it. And then honorable mention, Harry Kane, no room for improvement. I thought he played really well. Really, really well. He drops Just really far deep. He He's going to start carrying the ball a little bit more. I think that he looks more fit than he has in a couple of more recent seasons and I he's phenomenal and we have him in his prime obviously he's a Spurs player through and through one of our own Harry Kane get after it man no room for improvement man you've got everything to play for let's go for it I am tapping Harry Kane to uh, win the golden boot this year although watching Manchester City and Erling Haaland score two goals easily was a little bit terrifying but I still think Kane's the best striker in the Premier League let's go is it is it beginning of which is he insanely fast and very good at finishing with like deft like stretch touches that he's perfected? Yeah, that could work pretty well for him to be honest, Ben. Yeah, I agree with you there. And then but you know <laughs> then we've got the the dark horse in this Premier League golden boot race, Alexander Mitrovic. For full because oh, he scored 40, He's, what was it, 44 goals last season? 43 to 48 goals in the league. I just, and he's got two. He's off and running in this this season. I, yeah, against Liverpool. He's going to be just fine. <laughs> it was an awesome first weekend of the Premier League. And the second weekend comes the drama. Really quick, taking a look ahead, it's a huge game for Spurs. We've got to take all those good feels. We've got to take that confidence from the first game. And we've got to take it to Stamford Bridge to play against Chelsea, our London rivals, on Sunday, August 14th. After that, it will be Wolverhampton at home. But a big game early in the season coming up from Spurs on Sunday. Yeah, I cannot yet fully comprehend the size of this game against Chelsea. What is, I don't, it's too soon. I just, I'm wrapping my head around so much all at once. And for us to have this massive game so early, it's, we knew it. It was coming the whole time. It's planned. It's a, it's a scheduled competition. However, I can't wrap my head around it. I just, yeah, I, I'm hoping for the best. My eyes will be closed. Yep. We, we we failed to uh, beat them in four attempts last season. Let's hope we do a little bit better this time around. Let's go. Come on, you Spurs. Let's get after it. Ben, is so fun hanging out. Really excited about our boys and uh, yeah, and, and, and girls this season. So let's get after it. Let's have a lot of fun and look forward to chatting with you very soon. Come on, you Spurs. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, everyone.